0: Welcome to the Open Bell, a podcast for trumpet players, by trumpet players, and a cornet guy. I'm your host, Bill Stoneman, and I'm joined by my good friends and fellow trumpet geeks Joey Tartell and the inconversible iconoclast Brian Appleby Weinberg. This episode of The Open Bell is brought to you by the World Trumpet Federation. You don't need to pay dues or membership fees. You just need a few free minutes and a good sense of humor to appreciate what the World Trumpet Federation has to offer. See what we did there? Insightful articles, how-to videos, Joey's Almost Famous Blog, and the rules are all right at your fingertips. Come on, if you've not yet visited worldtrumpetfederation.com, you're doing it wrong. Get on over to worldtrumpetfederation.com and see what we've been up to at worldtrumpetfederation.com and by Pickett Brass and Blackburn Trumpets. For years now, so many of us have trusted Peter Pickett to design and build the finest quality mouthpieces. He's a true craftsman of the highest order, and it has been very exciting to see his company grow to include Blackburn Trumpets, a brand that has been synonymous with quality and individual attention for years. In fact, Peter and the team at Pickett Blackburn are celebrating an anniversary of sorts, as it was around this time five years ago that the first Lexington-made Blackburn trumpet was completed. Peter worked closely with Cliff Blackburn to ensure that the legacy of artistry was preserved as they moved the operation to Kentucky. The results are simply astounding, as these two quality brand names come together under one roof. Whether you're looking for a custom mouthpiece and backboard combo, a set of finely tuned lead pipes for your piccolo, or a new custom Blackburn trumpet. Let Peter and the team at Pickett Blackburn guide you to a great decision. In great news, the shop is now open to visitors again. Be sure to visit pickettblackburn.com for details, or give the guys a call in Lexington to set up a visit and get your hands on some of the best gear in the business. The Open Bell Podcast is comprised of three segments, Warming Up, A Couple Things, and No Offense. We use these segments to list, legitimize, and legislate information that we believe is important to a lenient trumpet lot. Gentlemen, shall we? Each week, our Warming Up segment is brought to you by Chop Saber. This stuff is pure magic in a tube for brass players or for anyone who wants to take care of their lips. Dan's all-natural formula is long-lasting, gentle, and never ends up on your teeth. Oh, hey, Brian. How are the chops holding up these days? <laughs>
1: Speaking of on your teeth. Speaking of, of on your teeth. teeth. <laughs> Literally on your teeth.
0: <laughs> I wish I had a nickel for every time Brian looked at me in a Tromba Mundi gig and said that Or <laughs> rehearsal. I'm on my teeth. <laughs> Like sometimes ten minutes in, first chart. He would just yeah. turn to me and go, "Man, I'm in trouble. I am on my teeth already,
1: <laughs> hanging on by my fingernails." <laughs> exactly. Well, the new setup—it's actually not so bad. I'm. It's kind of weird. That's good. Yeah, kind of exciting. Um, so uh, my warming up is—I um, did a bad thing this Uh-oh. last week. Last oh, week I talked no. to you about this um, this double cornet case that I I think I actually need. About Tom's website. Um, I think we Shop. came to the
2: cl- conclusion that you actually need an
1: E flat cornet. Yeah. Well, yeah, I need both those things. Yeah. Um, but I, I put those on hold. The problem is that I sort of got going on uh, looking at his website and I ordered a whole bunch of music from the <laughs> website. I just couldn't stop myself. I kept hitting add to cart, add to cart, <laughs> add to cart. He sent a very nice thank you note to me <laughs> this week. <laughs> <laughs> Number one customer. Uh, yeah. So yeah. So I bought. Um, we talked a little while ago about these practice pads where they'll send you a whole stack of um, of, of test pieces, um, and then you you know just pull up on YouTube a band playing them and you just play along. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I bought one of those. I bought. Um, I bought six. No. I bought 12 cornet solos. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Wait,
2: there are 12 cornet solos you don't own?
1: Yeah, exactly.
2: That's a little
0: shocking. There are 12 cornet solos?
1: Oh, come on. (laughs) 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 That's just hurtful. (laughs) Um, and then I bought this uh, this book called Advanced Studies and it's a collaboration between Richard Marshall and Philip Wilby. Um, they're etudes and warm-ups uh, designed for Richard um, and for a 21st century player cornet player. Um, and then he also it also has an accompanying recording of Richard Marshall uh, playing. So I'm looking forward uh, Tom sent a note at the thank you note and then also sent a follow-up note that it's all been mailed so I've been waiting by the mailbox so.
0: Nice. Well, I didn't tell
1: so Sarah I dropped exciting. all that, all those pounds on it.
2: <laughs> <laughs> nice. Uh, new music. Cool. Yeah. Wow. New music's always a good idea.
0: And keeping Tom happy. <laughs> totally. We want. We want we Tom want. happy. Tom yeah. deserves to be happy. Yeah. yeah. Go check out he, that he website. Needs, he needs pancake money. Yes. Yeah, say, say the website again. That's <laughs> right. Not.
1: The Coronet Shop.
0: <laughs> pancake <laughs> money. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 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 yes,
1: he does.
2: <laughs>
0: uh, yeah. I'll have the pancakes. <laughs> yeah. shameful brilliant Joey what do you have for us
2: uh, I have this uh, as as things are starting to open I actually had two recording sessions this week uh, we do a lot of um, publishing recordings so people bring their, their stuff that's going to be published into Indianapolis and we record now normally we're in a studio that's fairly small and cramped so they rented out a really nice uh, performance space and we were on stage so it was very much like performing except for it was high school and middle school concert band music which <laughs> was at sometimes kind of fun but I, I was having lunch with some of the people and uh one of the people I had lunch with the second day we had two days of this seven o- six hours one day five hours the next day uh uh she was a clar- she's a clarinet player and said wow boy you know we're really trying to get through this stuff but they got to keep in mind you know i mean i you know we hadn't we haven't been playing a lot and you know it's like 11 hours over, over two days like i mean like, are you, are you ready for this kind of thing? And I looked at her and said, yeah. <laughs> I, I, practiced, I practiced two hours before I showed up here this morning. And she <laughs> looked across the table to somebody who knows me. He's like, yeah, that's just what he does. But <laughs> I, I was, a, I, I, I was a, a little taken aback. But when I, you know, this is a professional musician, somebody who plays really well. And I'm thinking, well, wait, th- if you have fewer performances that's more time to practice, time not, to practice. yeah you, you should be doing you should be doing more stuff and i know that we've talked about this an awful lot but evidently that's not what lots of people are doing they're kind of waiting around to then play themselves back into shape and i'm like no 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 that would be mm. doing it wrong <laughs> i want to be ready to go like what happened this week now again this was not the most du- you know challenging stuff technically or or, or, or musically but a lot of times when you get to those middle school charts there aren't rests so you know it's one page and there's nothing high or low or technically you know demanding but there's also no rest which means you need to be able to make a good clear and full sound and maintain all that stuff of there that if you haven't been practicing haven't been putting in the time even that i noticed looking around the stage caused some people you know some mm. difficulties something oh no 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 this wow. is why i gotta be doing more performing less oh no that means practicing more
0: yeah right uh, absolutely gotta be ready to go We're on the same page here aren't we gents totally
1: and if you're gonna try and get back in shape the week before your gig you could be in trouble
0: well i yeah totally, totally. I've, said, I've said for years you know you can cram notes you can't cram chops right
3: right, <laughs> right. yeah
0: let's <laughs> <Exactly>. get <laughs> <Like>, you know <laughs> yeah Big folder of music, yeah. You could learn that probably pretty quickly, but you can't cram endurance. So. Yeah,
2: got to be ready to go. Yeah, yeah. So I, I found it a little shocking. I was like, well, "No, of course I'm ready to play 11. H- I yeah. can play 11 hours today. Let's go."
0: Yeah. Fortunately, I think that has been that's been a common thing. I and heard an interview dramatic.
1: with Kenny Rampton. I think he was at Josh Landris's shop, and they did a little video, and he said, "Yeah, I haven't been playing much. I was, um, I was really in a dark place at the beginning of this. We had no gigs, and there was no playing, and I just wasn't." playing at all for a long time wow and it's like wow that's yeah I mean then he played something and it was beautiful and amazing all <laughs> you right, know because <laughs> it's Kenny Rampton
2: all right, we need to call Ken- I don't know Kenny we need to call uh, one go by his plunger as we, we've mentioned before but two let let's. I, I don't know Kenny let's call him because uh, guys that play that well we need them playing so. yeah oh go no he's he's time. obviously
1: back playing now but yeah it, that's yeah. good but it was an interesting yeah. commentary and I just yeah I feel badly for people in that, in that situation yeah yeah. All right. All right. Bill,
2: what do you got for us?
0: Well, I, of course, have followed the way, the way of the Trumpet Federation. So World Trumpet Federation. So I'm ready because I've got a live gig this weekend as well. Oh. Holy moly. It's going to happen. Pl- I am. It's pretty cool, too. Um, playing with a group I've never played with before, actually. Altoona, Pennsylvania Symphony. The Altoona Symphony is doing a pops concert. Principal trumpet Kevin Eisen Smith.
2: Wait, this wasn't the one that you won. The performed the no, well, shared it's competition. Of funny. This is interesting.
0: That. I knew <laughs> you were going to bring this up, and I was prepared for this. What's funny is, no, that was a lie, of the two truths and a lie. You said or truth that, and a lie. You
2: said that you won, but it wasn't that piece.
0: Yeah, but I also said that I got an invitation to play with the Altoona Symphony, which that oh. never happened uh, until like a couple weeks ago.
2: So now, finally. <laughs>
0: finally so so now you playing a concerto So the next thing that we do two truths and a lie i'm gonna say that i was asked to play with a new york phil and then see if what happens there okay that'll be easy for us to figure out i'll get an invite (laughs) to go (laughs) sub and play third on a pops concert with them that seems but i don't care like that sounds reasonable yeah no i'm excited so principal trumpet kevin Isaac smith second our friend Friend of the show, Josh Hillard. Oh, right. friend of the posh. There it is. And maybe the only person m- more excited about me coming to town to play this concert, uh, Josh's wife, Jamie, is really, I'm sure, thrilled that I'm coming to town to hang out with Josh. <laughs> <laughs> Get him out of the house? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or she's worried. Yes. Yeah. Because when Josh and I are together, yeah. So, But oh, very much looking forward to like That's going to be great live gig it's going to be you know bell covers and masks and and all that kind of stuff but still uh it's going to be cool Are
1: you going so, up on friday what's this what's the schedule
0: yeah going up on friday rehearsal and then we're doing a clinic saturday morning actually at altoona high school mm-hmm. and then uh rehearsal saturday afternoon gig saturday night
2: oh just one concert
0: one concert Yep. oh
2: no pressure yeah. but you only get one shot at that
0: that's it yeah we're all counting. Shot it. At all those Kevin lullaby. only
1: gets one shot. Bill's playing Kevin. third. Yeah, and Kevin's. Uh, <laughs> You're exactly. saying Bill's got no shot? <laughs> I got no shot.
0: Uh, and Kevin's doing Trumpeter's Lullaby, which will be really cool. Nice. So yeah, and both Josh and I studied with Kevin, so it's gonna be it's gonna be kind of a neat hang. Excellent. No.
1: Play a little Brian. sharp, bump him off the notes.
0: Oh yeah. Oh he's, I think he's totally rethinking who he's got <laughs> in the section. Right. We can make his life miserable and smile the entire time we're doing it. <laughs> 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 all right, boys. Well, guess what? It's time for Backboard Bingo. Oh, and oh, kind of getting back to our roots tonight a little bit, uh, our dear friend Peter Pickett, uh, of course, Pickett Blackburn, is the sponsor of this episode. Yeah. And uh, I don't know if you guys realize this or not, but he was actually the inspiration for Backboard Bingo. The first time uh, I wrote this game and we played it, it was all about picket mouthpieces
2: oh that's right
0: because he was our sponsor so yeah uh it was because of that earlier episode that i that we started to do the backboard bingo thing and uh and so and today's one that's making
2: the e-flat cornet that brian's gonna eventually the brian's buy. gonna buy that's right, right. <laughs> yes. yeah because
0: why wouldn't you yeah
2: a yeah, so great horn.
1: it's gonna take a little while to save up yeah. that cash so and
2: you'll need another mouthpiece for that yeah.
0: Several. Yeah, yeah, and that's you, you. Great news! Is I you know right where one, to go. One yeah. stop shopping. One stop shop. And come on out. He's only a have, couple hours from
2: me. Have
1: Joey call, pick Peter, and tell yeah. him what I need. <laughs> tell him and what Brian
2: listen, needs. Listen, Brian's gonna come out here. Don't <laughs> listen to him. Here's what he wants. Here's what he really wants. <laughs> Just <laughs> Just <laughs> Give your him plugs. Do not listen to a thing he says. Right. Just and hand as hand I this.
0: as I said in the opening, the shops open again, so yeah. you oh, can nice. actually go in. Yeah.
2: Okay. This sounds like a WTF field trip. I think we
0: should go record an episode there.
2: We we should totally do that. That'd be great. It would Let's be do great. That.
0: In Lexington, why oh, not? Totally. We could go remote.
2: Now, we we haven't had any guests on the show, but uh, if we're right oh, down we there, we might have to bring Vince in. Oh. We might. If we're or, right in Lexington.
0: Yeah, right in the shop. Yeah.
1: Yeah. 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 That
0: we just great. cut him out and post. <laughs> that would be the <laughs> longest episode we've ever recorded. You're
2: like, hey, Vince, how you doing? And then it's like two hours later, listen, we're, we've are we got a thing we got to do here. Yeah, Yeah. just one more thing. Just one more thing. Just one more thing. (laughs) (laughs) One more thing.
0: All right. So these are going to be kind of Pickett centric uh, questions tonight. So we're going to test your knowledge. All right. Here we go. Question number one. In what year did Peter Pickett buy his first piece of trumpet equipment to make modified parts and then begin the Odyssey that would lead to Pickett Brass and now Pickett Blackburn? So what year did he buy the first piece of machinery to help in this endeavor and I'm gonna this is multiple choice. Oh good. I'm glad we yeah. got multiple choice. A nineteen ninety nine B two thousand one C two thousand three or D two thousand seven.
2: Oh crap. I was figuring it was somewhere in that decade but <laughs> I was hoping for like eighteen fourteen. <laughs> no. So. Oh
0: the man. guys that I knew were not <laughs> Exactly <laughs> Those were Bill's contemporaries. Yeah these are not making the stuff Peter All right.
2: No. All right, let's see. I'm trying to think of the first time I heard about him having stuff, and that was from Vince. And when was that?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: That was mid two thousands. See, I think it's like I think it's, it's two
2: thousand and one. What do Kay. you think, Brian? Yeah,
1: Brian? I think it's two th- I think it's nineteen ninety nine or two thousand one. I So I what's your pick? I think it's early.
0: My pick mm-hmm.
1: my pick is nineteen ninety nine.
0: Joey?
2: I'm gonna go two thousand one. A space odyssey,
0: and Brian would be right. Oh, Boom.
2: I
1: hate it when yeah. Brian's
0: right because uh, he was his...
1: dabbling for a while before he. Yeah,
0: he was doing the cosmetic stuff, right, like the valve caps and tops and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And uh, in the, but in 1999, he bought his first lathe. Mm-hmm. That's and then. And then you're in. Then you're in.
1: He yeah. was still working yeah. as an engineer full time, and yeah, right.
0: Lexmark, and then the shop. And I saw the first shop; it was in his like garage. Right. Right. Yeah. Uh, the new shop is super cool and industrial and in I've only seen the pictures, but, man, we that's um, why I'm saying we need to yeah, take a visit. I have been there. Totally happening. And there's a great pizza place right around the corner.
3: Oh,
2: now
0: we're getting some more. All right. Question <laughs> two. As we know, our friend Peter Pickett, founder of Pickett Brass, added Blackburn trumpets to his mega empire after purchasing that company from Cliff. Cliff Blackburn. In 2016, the first Blackburn trumpets were finally being made in Lexington. However, initial conversations regarding Peter's purchase of the company date back to 2009. Where, geographically, did the initial conversation occur? Oh, come on. A. Oh, come on, I'm going to give you it's multiple choice. Who are A, three
2: people that have not been in my in kitchen? In my kitchen, right. <laughs>
0: Like this is as much educational as it is to embarrass you. Yeah. A, the Blackburn shop in Tennessee, B, the Pickett shop in Lexington, C, at the National Trumpet Competition in Fairfax, Virginia, or D, at the ITG conference in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. Where did Cliff and Peter say have this conversation that led to now this great merger?
2: All right, since since Bill's asking, were you the host of the one in Harrisburg?
0: Yeah, 2009 I hosted. Yeah.
2: Yep. See, don't you think he
3: wants we, to basically we claim that, credit for
0: this? We covered that on the ITG special last week, I think, that Brian and I both have hosted. Yes, two of us have ITG hosted. An ITG conference. Two of us have hosted. <laughs> like I two of us are doctors. I think is when I said, like two of us have hosted. Two of, yeah. Two people with doctorates on this show have hosted <laughs> ITG. <laughs> that sounds right. That sounds exactly
1: right.
2: So what I'm saying is, Brian, don't you think that Bill well, would want to make Pickett Blackburn I, kind of about him? He was it, the host. I could right? do that.
1: The problem is it's still about him because it was at NTC. But
2: that's when it was in Fairfax, not yep, at his Bill place. But Bill was there, too.
0: But I was still doing the, the thing. And Peter was there. And, Peter's always there. Yeah. Peter supports everything. Yeah. So so you got to imagine, did this conversation, like, was Peter at Cliff's shop in Tennessee, like, going, hey, yeah, it was Stuff I'll sell you all the stuff and then, or did it happen? Was Cliff up at Peter's place Hmm. in Lexington, or was it one of the conferences? I think it's
2: at one of the con. I think it's at one of the conferences. Okay. And here's the thing, I always remember seeing Cliff at NTCs. I'm not always remembering Cliff at ITGs. Do I have that right, Brian? Do you have memory
1: of this? I I think he would go to those, but there's more free time downtime at NTC for them to talk and have a serious discussion.
2: So NTC i'll, I'll go guessing, i'll go ntc i'm guessing ntc i'm gonna go ntc i'll guess ntc as well
0: there are so many amazing things that came out of the 2009 itg conference See, <laughs> when oh, I, I talked myself in out of it God. and that is actually where they had the conversation see oh, i that's why
2: i should have gone brian and why I, do i let I, you I talk th- me out of i stuff? cannot
0: right. imagine an itg or ntc actually either one without cliff or peter being there now right. of course since All Cliff right. is retired, but no, man, I'm they just were angry. Everywhere,
2: <laughs> I blame Brian. Well, you, you know? shouldn't. You of really overthought it.
0: You really overthought it. Yeah. All right, question three. Shocking. Be I a, would overthink something. <laughs> I know this is going to be a lot easier. This is more over the plate. Uh, what is Peter Pickett's favorite go-to fast food? A. Kentucky Fried Chicken. B. Chick Fil A. C. Taco Bell or D. McDonald's. i love that Let's joey's see. brain is just he's reasoning this out
2: i think he's a chick-fil-a guy i have no idea but if he's a taco bell guy then i think we're gonna have to talk about sponsorship i don't know if we can accept wow. it but <laughs> have you, you got seen his with taco food bell? at a table yes i do i'm not a fan you got a Are problem
0: you? with taco bell you got a problem with me and i suggest you let that one marinate uh, and I'm uh, out. I got a
1: problem with you then. <laughs> <laughs> Can you mention his table at ITG and seeing a bag there? What bag do you see? Well,
2: here's the thing. Uh, it depends on where ITG is because uh, Chick-fil-A's aren't everywhere. right? McDonald's are everywhere.
0: I love the way these make you. Guys Un- unfortunately, go in Taco circles. Bell's
2: are everywhere, but I'm not allowing for that uh, to be Taco an answer. Taco Bell's are this everywhere. This is like uh, when I used to be in a, a picks pool uh, for college football. We it was purely for gloating rights. There was never any money. We just did it for fun. Right. Uh, I, I would never uh, pick Notre Dame because even if they win, I don't want their points. So it's just it's just morally <laughs> wrong. So <laughs> I I won't pick. Taco Bell, right, because so even if it's right, I'm no, I don't want the don't points. Care. You, don't you don't want know. the know. So <laughs> and so, uh, so McDonald's, Chick Fil A, or Kentucky, Kentucky, fart, Kentucky, fried, Kentucky fried, fried Chicken. Kentucky
0: Fried Chicken. I mean, he's lives no, in he's Kentucky. from Kentucky. Right. So that's. But out. I
2: don't, I don't think that's it. I think it's Chick Fil A.
1: I'm going Taco Bell.
2: <laughs> Brian,
0: no, uh, no. it's Chick Fil A. Oh. There it Well is. done, Joey. There it is. Well done. One
2: for three on the complete guess.
0: Yeah, no, I didn't actually know this, <laughs> Eric. Eric shared this for yeah. me, oh, okay. me. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, from the shop. Yeah. So, okay. That's uh, question four. Peter Pickett's mouthpiece size. So you know Peter plays, right? Yeah. He's a he's a trumpet player. First, he and is foremost. a trumpet player, and actually he so plays
2: cornet. He plays in his uh, at the plays yeah, soprano, band. plays sop. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he does. He plays in his band back around Lexington.
0: All right. Multiple choice. A seven C. <laughs> B. <laughs> 6C. I love that 7C has become a punchline.
2: Well, here's the funny part. Like, there's <laughs> another one. If it's right, I'm not guessing it because I don't want the points. No, we don't it, want it's, the points it's for just that. wrong. Nobody yeah. wants points for a 7C.
0: Besides, we're validating Scott. Mm-hmm. A, 7C. B, 6C. C, 1.5C. Uh-huh. Or D, 3B. I'm
2: seven going three. three. I'm, I, 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 I think the 7C is, is right out. Uh... Six C is a little too weird. I don't think that's it. The one and a half, I think, might be a little big for Peter. Oof. Wow. So I'm going to go 3B. Sh- shots fired. No, it's not a shot. It's a, it's <laughs> just Peter a, could it, never it, handle a one and a half. That's not what it's I said. I didn't say he couldn't <laughs> handle it. I just said it's too big for him. So I think it's just, I'm going to go 3B. That's where I'm going.
0: Okay, Brian. I'm, I'm going 6C. Brian killing it. Tonight. Oh! <laughs> it's a 6C with a number two backboard. Now, I'm going to need to talk to him about that. Yeah, I don't I don't think that's the right backboard for him, but he should
2: stop talking right now. <laughs> we're, Peter, we're going to tell <laughs> you, know, you, let me
0: tell you what you need <laughs> tell you what backboard I think you need to try. Yeah, right. Yeah. Six C. I yeah. mean, at least he knows a guy that can make one. You're, it exactly. is a weird that's a weird
2: thing, right? It is a yeah. weird mouthpiece. Huh? I'm going to think
0: about that. Yeah, <laughs> How much Chick-fil-A you can fit in a six C? Well, we may have I to fix know. that
2: when we go down to Lexington. <laughs>
0: Yeah, right. when we, we do, we not need we you to record. make us a piece.
2: We need to make, we need you to make you a piece, and it's <laughs> not a six C.
0: Right. <laughs> we're going to tell you what to make for you,
2: and you're going to like it.
0: And you're going to play it on the show, and we're yeah. going to be the judge of that.
2: I think he'll be happy with and it, and you he'll personally. He'll be
0: very happy with it. Yes. Yeah. And listen, don't answer right away. I want you to think about it. <laughs> exactly. All right. Question number five. Picket Brass recently had a sale where they released a variety of new colors in their acrylic mouthpiece line. Ooh. These mouthpiece tops screw right onto the regular Picket Brass backbore, and they're super cool. Um, recent choices were things like Sea Turtle, Cinnabar, and Maui Sunset. oh! These are the names of colors. So uh, I recently spoke with Peter, I, I, I was waiting for a time to tell you guys this, but I recently spoke with Peter to commission a new acrylic cornet mouthpiece color just for Brian, <laughs> and I need you guys to help me decide which way we should go. I have four choices. Excellent. Okay. I'll, okay. This is, here we go. This is exciting. Uh, I know where this is going. This is exciting. Yeah. A bashful British beige. <laughs> okay, that's that's now a this good is, start. I, this was taken right from the Toyota color palette. Yes. <laughs> Okay. This
2: is going to look just like an 89 Corolla, yes. which means Jesus. invisible. invisible. <laughs> exactly. It's going to look like to the, the trumpet
0: is hovering in front of his face. <laughs> you, you
2: just walk right past it and not even know it's there. Yeah. So that's, that's a the bashful, whole point.
0: <laughs> bashful British beige. All right. B, always absent amaranth. Oh, wow. This is, nice. charac- this is a color that's characterized by a dull translucence.
3: <laughs> there
2: you go. <laughs> okay. It is there. But you just don't know it. You just don't really
0: notice (laughs) it. Okay. (laughs) All right. C, reticent, recluse, red. Oh. This is red with subtle hints of leave me alone.
2: (laughs) (laughs) So uh, uh, aggressive in its leave me aloneness. Yeah.
0: Sort of almost a passive-aggressive. Uh, Passive-aggressive
2: reticence, you might say. Red-acence, yes. (laughs) Yes, you might say. You're welcome.
0: Yeah. Okay, and D, victoriously vacant vermilion. Oh. Uh, This is a sort of a green with no envy whatsoever. (laughs) (laughs) Right. So uh, we've got bashful (laughs) British beige, always absent amaranth, reticent recluse red, or victoriously vacant vermilion. I th- and See, whatever uh, one we uh, pick, I think Peter's going to sell a ton of these.
2: I think the Recluse Red, because I like the aggressive reticence of it, is the way to go.
0: Right. Brian, do you have an opinion? You know what? Let's do this. Joey, you just get to pick this. Yeah. Brian, Brian stop Brian, stop you talking. don't get a say in this stuff. <laughs> We're going to tell you what color... And you're what size planning.
2: we're going to make for you, because we've already <laughs> handled that <laughs> part.
1: <laughs> I'm all in.
2: I already pick- know
0: the piece. <laughs> I'll be picking the backboard. Yeah. So, Joey, you're going to go with the reticent recluse red. Absolutely. I'm, I'm on board. I'll, yeah, I'll text Peter right in. now. Yeah, let's yeah. get on that. <laughs> Pretend to pay attention, but I'll just be texting him. Yeah. Great. With red, again, red with subtle hints of leave me alone. I think it's the way to go. Yeah. But since we're here, but this isn't really part of the original question, but it's a bit of an add-on. and Because I wanted to give Brian some say. So, Brian, uh, let's talk about Joey's new mouthpiece that I've also commissioned. <laughs> oh, fantastic. Hold on. And there second. are four choices A, powerful pink. <laughs> uh, this is the color of the C, the double C. <laughs> 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 That's perfect, but okay. too obvious. All right. B, pretty in pink, uh, bold and big boned. <laughs>
1: Big bone. Oh my gosh! Wow. So a, a is pink. B is pink. Yeah. Pink. Okay. okay. okay.
0: Yeah. C, pontificating pink.
3: Ooh,
1: this that sounds p- accurate. This yeah. is
0: uh, this <laughs> is a a color that is verbose with hints of accuracy. <laughs> <laughs> Only hints. Just <laughs> hints. And then awesome. D, uh, pasante pink. It's uh, it's a heavy set with shades of condescension. <laughs> <laughs> well, so that's a, ag- that's a that's a that's, that's a tough call. <laughs> again, uh, powerful pink, pretty in pink, pontificating pink, or pesante pink.
1: I I think I think it's pontificating pink.
0: That's where I was going to. I
1: think that's really the one. Yeah, that's much a like the you.
0: SAT. I'm just gonna pick C and go yeah. with it. <laughs> Well, Peter's going to be so excited, and I'm sure they're going to add these colors right away. Right I'm away. like two weeks or now, they'll be getting emails. Hey, can I get the? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking <laughs> for the pontificating pink and like a and like a three B.
1: <laughs> <laughs> It'll be the first time Joey's name's on the website. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, and it will have come from one of us. <laughs> that is some poetic justice. I right knew there. this would happen. Oh. all right. Well done, guys. Yeah, you scored pretty well in this game tonight. Time for a couple things. So with so many options, so many brands, and so many built-in problems, selecting the right trumpet for you and then selecting the best one of those can often be a challenge. So I'm sure you're shocked to know there are rules for selecting a great horn. It's okay. We're here to help. Gentlemen, let's help our listeners make good decisions. Well, at least about picking a horn anyway <laughs>
1: or six horns
0: or six horns or, or nine n, n plus one yeah. right. whatever it takes that's one horn. but uh yeah this is something that's everyone has to encounter right hopefully yes. multiple times in your life and uh yeah let's dig in and talk about I, I i suppose we could start with a checklist for picking any kind of horn right but at, at some point i hope we're, when we get to that i hope we maybe get to talk about new and used and vintage horns maybe Mm-hmm. Um, and some of the brands that are there, obviously, but, uh, so what do you got checklist for a quality horn?
2: Well, can we start with the idea of when are you looking for a horn? Cause I think that's mm. important, you know? So I, I think there are sometimes people that are, let's, let's dispel at least one myth now that if I just get the right horn or the right mouthpiece, then all my problems will be solved. Right. Mm-hmm. Except, for right. of course, the pontificating pink mouthpiece. That will do it. Killer. <laughs> so that that'll will take fix care of it. everything. But if you're looking for a horn, when to look for a horn is, is, is a very good question. So if you're young, if you're in you know, middle school or high school and you've had uh, you know, a rental that's gotten you started and then you're thinking, OK, I'm serious about this. I want to buy my first trumpet. Or if you're in high school, getting ready to go college and you're getting serious and thinking about, OK, I'm ready to like go for a professional level horn. Right. I think that's different than if you're already an established professional thinking about changing, right? These are different times to look for a horn. Yeah. It's but it's but either way, the time to look for a horn is when you are practicing and everything is working. Mm. So you're right. at you're at your norm for playing. So the idea of, well, listen, you know, I I had surgery and I'm going to go look for a horn tomorrow is a bad <laughs> idea, you know. <laughs> Or well, you know, right. like Brian, I just fell off a bike. Maybe I should, you know, go look for a horn well, tomorrow, yeah, a terrible I mean, I idea. Can't,
0: I can't practice but I can go horn shopping. Right. Exactly. Or, you know, <laughs>
2: well now I can start playing again, I should get a new horn. These are terrible times to look for new instruments. So the time to look is when everything is normal and working. Because yeah. then you have a good basis for how you're playing at the time. You know you're playing to a certain degree and you know what it, and you know the positives and negatives and what you sound like,
0: right? It removes so a lot of variables.
2: Yes, because I want as few variables as possible. So then, you know, what are you looking for, right? So I think there are a number of things you have to take into consideration. And first, set a budget, because this is when you're talking about. And when we're looking at new versus used, there can be a huge price difference there. So uh, there are lots and lots of good used horns out there, and there are just lots and lots of, of great new horns out there as well. So you need to know where you're looking. You know, and, and as a price class,
0: and you know, recent uh, another recent sponsor here, obviously Shires, who's come out with this Q series. Yep. So there are ways to do this within a brand that you love as well. Absolutely, right? there are different levels of horns within a brand that you love.
2: Right. So then, what you're going to need after you you know, you know what you're looking for. So let's say let's say we're starting with I'm looking for a B flat trumpet that's going to take me the whatever my next step is, and I'm going to spend this much money. Now you need at least one other person with you who also plays the trumpet.
1: Super important to bring somebody else because you're not on the business end of the instrument. Right. Mm -hmm. What you might
2: know is what it feels like, which may or may not be a complete accurate representation of what it sounds like. And two quick stories about this. I was trying out some sea trumpets many years ago, and I found one in my office. I thought, man, this this is it. This is good. So I was with one of my friends. You guys know Lenny Foy, right? Yeah. So Lenny and I were teaching together like the next week, and I brought it out. And I said, what do you think of this? And I started playing this, and he goes, huh. You <laughs> <laughs> <Uh-oh. laughs> like that? And I said, what? <laughs> Is that what you're yeah. going with, or
1: are you working on something? <laughs> <laughs> and
2: he says, are you sure? I said, yeah. He says, well, let me try it. And from, you know, he sat down across the room, and I got on the other side, and I got out in front of him. You know, we are in like a large classroom. And uh, he started playing and went, oh, <laughs> this does feel great. And I was on the other side going, "Oh, <laughs> that doesn't sound great out here," you know. And, and the other w- really great one was another. It was a Shire story. We were at um, one of the conferences, and and Steve Shires was talking to Lisa Whitaker, who had an old New York Bach that you could almost see through at this point. <laughs> yes, you know, I mean, and and they were saying, uh, you know, I think we might we have some things you might like. And Lisa is not. Uh, a trumpet geek in this way at all. She's not no. an equipment geek, and you know she's like, I've got what works, and I play what works, and I'm done. So we we're standing there, and they're like, What do you think? And what do you think? And we got a room you can go try them over here. And she goes, You'll come with me. Can I take Joey? Was this in the Minneapolis? <laughs> mm-hmm. Is that where it was? I, I honestly don't remember. I think remember. it, I I think it was. Been. Yeah. Yeah. So we hopped we hopped out into a room, and she's like, All right, what do you think? And she brought her horn and brought horn. went back and forth, and I'm like, Okay, so now I played back and forth to her. We're going back. Oh, okay. Yeah. 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 Yeah invaluable right there it is you can you can hear it you go back and forth john rommel and i've done this an unbelievable number of times the first i said two little stories i'll tell you one three sorry it was when yamaha first introduced i think it was the the chicago's and new york's years and years ago sure so they sent him like six horns a couple of c's a couple of b flats you know He, he it was right around christmas he said uh what are you doing on the 26th i said what do you got he says, I got a whole bunch of horns. So we came into our hall, which is a really nice recital hall here, you know. And uh, we just went in there and tried horns for a few hours. Like, you know, he's on stage, I'm in the audience, I'm on stage, in the audience. We're both up there together, you know, kind of play back and forth. This is, you need another person. You need someone yeah. you trust and knows you're playing and can also play. That's I, vital.
0: Ideally, um, if, you're, if, if you are pre-college, ideally a teacher
1: yeah just sure. so
0: someone who can really you know can be really discerning about the things that you're you know the way it sounds and make can be a great judge for you of, of how it sounds and how you're playing is working with that horn I mean college students sure you could trust somebody else who hears you play all the time absolutely mm-hmm. but right and a teacher is ideal take a tuner it's the one time I'm okay with having a tuner in the room because <laughs> there th- we'll get to that but there are some things you need need to know um, that So I like the idea. So we've we've set a budget, right? We kind of know what we're what we're looking for. We've got somebody with us. Um, now, can we dig into the checklist? Totally. What are we checking for first?
2: All right. So I'm sorry, I, I Brian. Do you want to go here? No. I mean, you
0: been go, right, go yeah. right
1: ahead. No,
2: right. go right ahead First things first. Here's what I do. I I know you're shocked. I have a system. So <laughs> I, I I pick up the horn.
0: I didn't see this coming. I know. It's,
2: it's <laughs> shocking to all of us. Uh, I will kind of I will kind of check it make sure the valves m- valves are working slides are working everything moves everything's going just kind of check the general operation of it and then I will play a C in the staff third space C and listen for the sound of the trumpet what does it sound like what does it feel like and I do I, I know maybe you know what what it feels like is a kind of a variable but yeah it, you want to feel comfortable playing yeah. but first thing we check for does it make the sound you want to hear
0: right yep. Yeah, and no matter this goes across keys of trumpets, right? Yep. So we're now we're talking about any horn you pick up, absolutely sound first. And I think Joey, I mean, the next thing on my list is is that how how do you connect with it? How does it respond to you? How do you how do you feel about it? And I think that's okay to factor in pretty early, if totally. it's making the sound that you want. I think that's okay. Yeah, because you Brian, don't want to feel you like you're for? working.
1: So yeah, same thing. I play a C on the staff. Um, I play an arpeggio down to low C. Not, I'm doing this pretty rapidly. I'm not spending tons of time
0: getting At used five, to the horn. Five f's, right? And, six five six f's. I'm well, not. he
2: brings. He doesn't bring a tuner. He brings a decibel meter. Yeah, decibel yeah. meter. <laughs> I'm not blowing down the doors,
1: but I'm not shy about it. Um <laughs> and, then and, then I'm, that. and then I, I, uh, I play a G major scale two octaves, um, and I want to, and I'm playing that to somebody, and I want to see how even the tone is, top to bottom. Um, and then whether those notes at the top of the staff are really out, or whether the G goes really high at the top of the staff.
0: Wh- which two?
1: Uh, the D and the E.
0: No, which two octaves? <laughs> yeah, oh, not Joey's <laughs> octaves. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I was thinking,
2: I two octave seems two limited yeah. for a G major scale. <laughs> yeah, so my yeah. teacher at,
1: in Cleveland, Mr. Darling, who played fourth in the orchestra, he, he maintained that if your, um, if your instrument had a raging G, Jouble G, and then you could play this, and the high C popped right out. Then it was a good, a good instrument. And then you could check the as loud as you could articulate the low B. Those were that was his test, and I was like, so like, <laughs> wow. oh my gosh, that's fantastic! Yeah. yeah, that was his test. C trumpet, B flat trumpet didn't matter. That's what he did. And I was like, okay, so um, if I can't do that, how do I test a horn?
0: <laughs> he sounds like the guy that set the parameters for the ITG exhibit hall, right? <laughs> okay, right. here's how you're going to do it. Yeah. Test first, around test every the high table. G. Yeah. <laughs>
3: yeah.
2: Well, I will <laughs> tell drill you, G, I, I, the, the two-octave G major scale is good. But, uh, one of the first places I go, I'll start at the C, kind of branch out from there a little bit, but then I'll play the C down to the octave below, yeah. and then I'll go C to C sharp in those two octaves, C sharp to D, or C to D in those two octaves, C to E flat and C to E in those two octaves, really checking both how much I may need to throw in the bottom octave, and then how the the fourth partial, that C-sharp, D, E, flat, E, it, which can That's be a treasure, it's part of the instrument. I want right. to know, is it flat, and if
1: so, how much? Yeah, you don't want to have to work too hard on those notes. Yeah,
0: yeah, I'm super similar for me. We're, we're in the same boat here, Brian. It's, it's pretty much identical. I, I will often check, a, after the G major scale, I will often go to F major right away because I want to know... How the F natural feels on top of the staff and how high that might be in comparison to how flat the D and the E are. Yeah. You know, on the way up. But yeah, we're all in the same place. First and thing. Then
1: if I if I like it, then I'm gonna try some soft playing. Um, what? I I'm sorry you, it broke pine. up there. It sounded like you said soft playing. <laughs> Pines he said, off stage he said, try some. It doesn't oh. work.
0: Nothing like... <laughs> <laughs> comes out. <laughs>
1: Still 120 decibels, but it, it's it's yeah. an easy 120 decibels. <laughs> yeah, like um, Charlie A two pines off stage, uh, Mahler three. I have seen um, actually witnessed this at up at Dylan's with George Rabbi. Um, George can make anything sound like George, um, and so he will play an instrument till he sounds like him and it sounds good. <laughs> but he gets the worse the instrument is, the angrier he gets about it. <laughs> So, because he can't muscle it yeah, it, yeah. So he's just like working it and working. It. He's getting darker and darker. So I had to like, and then of course you do that for a couple hours. Your face is ruined. You can't try horns. So, so he. Um, Yeah, so we we got him to just try a a couple notes and then put it down and then try a couple notes. And uh, that seemed to work much much better for him. But don't spend the time playing till you can make it sound the way you want to sound.
0: No, but playing the same thing on every... If you're going to have a row of horns in front of you, play the same thing on every horn.
1: Right, And, and, and
2: this is important, right? If you play and it doesn't make a sound that you like and isn't comfortable and or doesn't play in tune okay, you're done before we ever get to playing any music on it. Right, <laughs> Like if I get to a point where, you know, I remember being handed a horn at uh, an ITG, hey, d- check this out. And I played, I tried to play, I played a C and the staff, and I thought, well, that was weird. It felt like I was blowing through a crazy straw. <laughs> 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 just that part.
1: <laughs> With all the loops
3: in it. <laughs> and I thought I was, this what I
1: thought I was playing was just like a
2: ta, you know, just, th- and what came out was, and I thought, wow, this is, <laughs> So I played a, a what I thought was going to be a C major scale from C in the staff down to low C and thought, okay, I'm done here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I knew at that point this is not a horn I'm interested in. Yeah. And, and then you can be done because then if you get a sound that you like and if it if it's working for you and if it plays relatively well in tune, then, yeah, let's make some music and see how it responds. Right. Right. I've absolutely.
0: Done I've done that with C trumpets, picked them up off the table, played a note, and felt like it was blowing back at me. <laughs> yeah. Like there was a fan in it, right? <laughs> it was like, ah, no, I'll try this next one over here. Yeah, because then you transition and you take, you take. If you don't have a bunch of stuff memorized, right? You take books with you, take sure. whatever you need, so that you can again play the same thing. Once you narrow it down to a few horns, and look, Then you can. we take tunes. a second
2: about saying what the what those things should be? Like what what Brian's mm-hmm. talking about makes some sense, right? You want to sure. play stuff that you can play. We want the idea of like trying to play something that one, you don't know, or two, you're not capable of really executing is not going to show you anything. It's going to show other people things that you don't want them to see or just
1: random test notes. Like, why would you just play a bunch of random notes that you don't know what just happened? Right. And then you're going to try and recreate that on the next horn. No, play. Have a system. Play the same thing.
0: Here's I love this. You you got to watch for this when you go to the ITG conference, right? Like. Watch a guy pick up a horn, right? So they pick up a the horn, they play it, and they pull it, take it down and look at it. Look at it. <laughs> yeah. look <laughs> at it. Like, especially look at the, like go look look at at the, the valve cluster. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they pick it up and play it again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I love that.
2: Yeah, the, the, the look at it either in,
0: yeah, this is good, or or,
2: it, or they miss something. Well, what What's wrong with
0: this something's horn? Something's wrong with this horn.
2: <laughs> something's wrong here. I mean...
0: First thing I check is I just hammer a bunch of notes out. I articulate on it. I need to know. Hold on a second. I need to know. (laughs) Wait, where'd Bill?
2: No, you don't. Where's Bill?
0: (laughs) No, I don't. No. No. No No one believes that. But no, so you take right. You take the Arvin book. You take a Conconi book. You take whatever it is that you're comfortable doing. That's going to tell you what you need to know take some pieces along so let's talk about now about checking the intonation stuff and I think maybe going you know, not you definitely want to check the things on the b-flat that we talked about mm-hmm. yeah but man now as we start to get into the smaller horns beginning with c-trumpet there's some stuff that starts to get crazy
2: right now this is where it gets harder because uh, I'm going to assume by the time you're really shopping for a b-flat trumpet you've been playing b-flat trumpet for a while so you have a certain comfort factor Right. So the the, the first time uh, I got a C trumpet, uh, I was a gosh, was I a sophomore in high school? I think that's right. And my teacher picked one out for me. What did I know about C trumpet? Well, nothing. Yep. I, I knew that that's what most people played in orchestras and I really wanted to get one. But, you know, I, I wasn't, didn't have the skills necessary. And so my parents did the right thing. and asked my teacher for help and he picked out a, one for me. And boom, you know, it was really good because, yeah, now the tendencies are maybe a little more magnified on the C trumpet than B flat trumpet and your comfort level is less so now you really need some help and expertise
0: so my C trumpet quick story uh first one I bought was in grad school I didn't have any money right Lynn and I had no money and so Dylan's had one for seven hundred dollars Yep. So I called and I asked now them some questions. in today's dollars, about
2: about that's, that's $3,500. <laughs> that's right. In today's money. I think it's <laughs> more than money. that in today's <laughs> money. <laughs> probably is. <laughs>
0: anyway, I called and they're like, here's the thing, man. We'll send it out to you if you like it. Put it on a credit card. If you like it, keep it. If we don't hear from you in seven days, it goes on your credit card. You bought it. Boom. So they sent it out. And it was, you know, for a first heat trumpet, it was pretty darn good. I was pretty happy with it. But to make it a little bit better, you know, I stripped the lacquer off of it. Like I had the lacquer stripped, that uh, was just a thing. So anyway, you know, it was a big deal for us. I said to Lynn, like, I really need this horn, so I bought the horn, and then, then I went and stripped the lacquer off. I didn't tell her about taking the lacquer off of it. So <laughs> she comes to a concert and says, "God, what, what trumpet were you playing tonight? That terrible-looking, that was a terrible, <laughs> ugly thing." I was like, "Oh yeah, uh, that's that um, new C trumpet I just bought." And he goes, "Oh my God."
3: What did you do to it?
0: It was so pretty. I'm like, no, 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 really, this is gonna make it better. It's <laughs> like all that money, like, out the window. Right. But for a first C trumpet, it was it was perfect for me. It had all the weird things that a first C trumpet has, right, like the E flats, no shot, two and three. <laughs> two and three. <laughs> you know, the E wanted to, there was no guessing about any of for it. Sure. The, the G was super sharp, the whole thing, you know. But it was great first horn. Sure. It worked really well.
2: Yeah, and affordability comes into that play.
0: Yeah, when you're trying to build the arsenal, you know, yeah. that's the thing. Yeah. So it, it, uh, specifically about the C trumpet then, dig in for me a little bit. What do you guys check first?
2: For me, the, the B flat and C are, are, are identical in how I try them out. Mm. Like, I want I want that C in the middle because, boy, I remember one of my first students here at uh, U, she came in and we were working on some excerpts and she was false fingering her C in the staff, two and three. <laughs> and I said, what's oh. going on there? She goes, well, I mean, this horn. And I, I, I sometimes find that people overdo the false fingering part and i said do you mind if i try your horn she goes no no no." hands me your horn i played a c and went looked at her tuning slide and played the c below it and went wait a minute that's fine the g above it's fine the c and the staff okay play it two and three it's fine you know <laughs> so uh you know again i want to get a good f- clear and full sound and, and then i want to check those partials i want to play down and see if i can play it in tune you know now a c trumpets and these th- in and our lifetimes have gotten a lot better. Man, yeah, Way better. Sure. You know, I was taught when I got my first e trumpet. but listen, you play your E-flats 2 and 3, and you play your E's 1 and 2, and that was fairly common pedagogy at the time. Yep. Where now, not necessarily. Now, it's right. if you need to, depending on the chord, who you're playing with, you know, but you, you can find horns where you do not need to do that just because that partial is just going to be that low.
1: Right. Yeah, a lot of horn- new horns, they will s- slot right in. With mm-hmm. the playing E flat second valve and playing these E's open,
0: yeah. still assuming the the C trumpet the low C is going to be a little high. You Maybe, but that that's be, easy
2: enough to go. It, I, I, it that's is. why it's I worry about the third space C more. Well, yeah,
3: you so.
1: can you can bend that around, but but I think your low C should well oh. it should rattle <laughs> is what I think it should do. <laughs> so you want it you want it to be loud is what you're <laughs> I saying. W- I want it to be a little Brian nice.
0: likes a lot of notes to rattle. Yeah, on the horn. Uh,
1: yeah, and then start checking those those octaves, the octave mm-hmm. relationships, the D to D, the E-flat to E-flat, the E to E, the F-sharp to F-sharp. I mean, I'm willing to use some first valve slide on the F, so I'll, I'm not so worried about that. But the F-sharp to F-sharp and the G to G, super important to me. Yeah, the
2: G on top of the staff. Yeah. It's amazing how low the C-sharp, D, E-flat, and E can be and how high that G on top of the staff can <laughs> be when you're distance. trying on horns. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, wow, I, I have to false finger all these notes because they're so flat, and then a G on top of the staff, I need to play one and three and throw my third valve slide. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> you know, it's just crazy. It.
0: Exactly. Now, So the problems, obviously, I, I found that they just get worse, right? So now we move on to the E-flat trumpet, right? Yeah. We're looking now, same bad notes, but the problems are usually more exactly. Magnified,
2: and magnified by lack of experience, as this is a horn sure. which... Is just not used that much. Let's face facts. Like we have a handful right. of solos, maybe some trumpet ensemble stuff, and maybe some excerpts if you happen to choose to play them that way. But then you really need to make them sound as big and broad as possible to uh, playing the orchestra, so it doesn't sound thin. So again, you want uh, that first thing you got to be looking for is sound concept. You know, in, in you want sound concept. But boy, this is where you really need some help, y- even if you're a good college player, even a, a young professional. You know, you want to have some people there that really know what they're doing already.
1: Yeah, and it might help to um, if your school has a really good instrument, like like here at Rome we have a Shires E flat um, as a really excellent horn. And so if a student's picking one, you can just take this with you mm-hmm. and but use also it to compare.
2: If your school has good horns, this is what you check out for a semester, so you sure. gain the experience of playing it. Yeah, great. So idea. then you have something right. that you know what you're trying against.
0: There's there's something to be said for the struggle, right? So like <laughs> I have my we, we have a Shire's e-flat. We've got a couple of those Yamaha short models, which I think are that super was, e- easy to that play. That was my first yeah. e-flat. Yeah. I bought
2: my junior year of college uh for $300, which at the time still a steal. <laughs> yeah. It was yes, great.
0: For sure. Um yeah, I got my, I actually had an E3L that I bought in graduate school. Uh, somebody was having a liquidation sale, uh, another trumpet player. And um, so I got a really good deal on that. But that was that was a luxury to play that horn. Sure, yeah. But so here in the studio, we've got a couple of the Yamaha short models and a couple of the old Bach long model. Right. I have one of those. E flat. Okay, I think everyone I've should have to play those. i got one of those right those. there. At least once in their life, <laughs>
2: <laughs> the sound of that horn is is dynamite. But I love it's the like sound driving a, horn. a Mack truck. It's like driving yeah. a
0: semi though, <laughs> with no power steering.
2: Yes, no on power on ice. <laughs> okay, but uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, you really got to work to get those into the right spots. <laughs> maybe I'm gonna get ahead of myself just a little bit, but we need to come back for flugelhorns and cornets. We'll be back to the B-flat trumpets, but let's let's get back. Let's go right ahead to piccolo, because if we're gonna talk about the struggle. Right. this is where again mm-hmm. what i've i mean i've got a system to help people get set up on piccolo and i'll be happy to share it with anybody that wants to really try and it has worked really really well for a lot of my students because as i've said before i think we've had this discussion on the podcast my teacher handed me his piccolo a copy of the brandenburg and said go learn this and <laughs> hey listen talk about the struggle <laughs> like there I, it is. I, I was, a, I was a good student and I worked really hard and and I and I figured out how to play the piccolo, but I don't think that was exactly a great method that works for most people. <laughs> so I I, I think uh, what I've got is a good method that works for most people, but what he handed me wasn't an, uh, an old Selmer yeah, for a piccolo, yes. which is what Maurice Andre played at the time, and I have one in my office right now, and listen the sound that comes out of that horn. You know I, I you know went off to college and. Uh, you know, my, I think I've told this story. My grandmother bought me a Shoki Piccolo, and those things are, they were the industry standard at the time, and still to a certain degree are an industry standard now. Lots of people have sort of copied that design, and they're great instruments. They're easier to play. I don't think, all other things being equal, they make the same sound as the Selmer.
1: They don't make the same sound. And
2: I think the same is true of the Bach Long Belly Flat. Yep, that's, that's my true. long way around of saying, well, listen, <laughs> sometimes if you're looking for that sound, it's worth the extra effort. Yes, right. But I agree with that. Th-
0: I think they're designed for different things, right? Maybe. Like, I think the Bach long bell, I for me, I mean, I always think that's designed to play orchestra parts where you just want to transpose to make right, it a little bit more well, accessible. Well, it is. The
2: long bell things, those are cut down sea trumpet bells, literally. Yeah. That's right. what they are. Those are 229 right. or 239 bells.
0: Man, I knew a guy in grad school that had an E3L with a cut-down C trumpet bell on it. <laughs> a Shilkey C trumpet bell? I think so.
2: Interesting. Ooh, I want to hear that horn
0: because it was the like it was like. Well, wait a minute. What am I hearing here? Like, yeah, it's E flat trumpet, but it's got there was a lot more going on there. Joey, is
1: yours the four valve BNS? My,
0: my BNS, yes. Yeah, E flat. Now you
2: see when I tried that horn, what I realized at the time is, oh. See, this is the best of both worlds for me. Right. It, it has the broadness of sound of the Bach, you know, the long bell, which is a, a, again a horn. I still, I still have, but the tuning and pitch of the shilky I think it really does both of those things really, really well. And I do remember one of the first times I played that. If you remember, was at Westchester, and I was uh, we we played there early on in Trumpet Mundi history, Bill, yeah. before you were, had joined us. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was going to play. We were all going to play one thing with the concert band. And uh, and I, I played played uh, at Concertino, right. and I pulled that horn out, and you guys all looked, and it's just it's big, you know it's a right. it's a big bell, it's four valves, it's a it looks like a big monster, and they're like, you're gonna play at Concertino on that? <laughs> I'm like, uh-huh, yeah. So I walk in first rehearsal, boom, knock that thing down, and you guys are like. I want to try that horn. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean it's oh, big, but it plays—it plays great.
1: It can't be the player; it must be the horn. It's, it's obviously be
2: the, the horn. horn. <laughs> yeah. What oh, let's she's take. On that? Thank you for saying that. Let's take a quick <laughs> side track here, can we?
0: Can we take uh, a quick side track? I think it's what we do.
2: Yeah. So, listen, there are lots and lots of great trumpets out there, and there are lots of great trumpet players out there. But if you're thinking, "Well, I want to sound like that player," so i'll just buy the same horn that they play now i'm not saying that the horn that they play isn't a great horn it very well could be but it is in no way going to turn you into that player and we should make sure that's very clear and we all have horns that we have we choose like brian you're a bach trumpet artist and bill you're shires trumpet artist and i'm a bns artist we we like these horns and we play these horns and we endorse these horns Mm That being said, if you go buy the same horn that we're playing, that doesn't mean you're should you want to even sound like us, you know, and I see this an awful lot uh, with for lack of a better term, you know, trumpet superstars. You know, there's when when we were growing up, what's the horn you had to buy for your first C trumpet? You better buy a Bach 229, 25 H pipe. Sure. Why? Because that's what Bud Herseth plays. Now, yeah. here's the thing. It is what he plays. And wow, he certainly sounds great and influenced generations Of orchestral trumpet players at least but boy i i got one of those when i was 16 and i i didn't sound anything like him (laughs) (laughs) and i was really trying and the idea of you know uh you know on the other side of the instrument you know wayne's got the uh wayne bergeron's got the the la model yamaha which is a a really good trumpet you buy that horn i don't think you're going to be locking in those double d's like wayne (laughs) just by buying that horn so you know that can be they can certainly lead you into some professional model horns, but if you think that's just going to open the door and, and you're going to walk right through it, that's not happening. Right.
1: I was at a master class um, many years ago. John Faddis was at Ober- was visiting Oberlin uh, and doing a concert with the jazz band, and he did a master class. And somebody asked him what mouthpiece he played. <laughs> oh gosh. <laughs> and and he said he said I don't know. What are you playing? And the kid said, I have a, I have a one one and one C and he says, Is that your trumpet? And he said, Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he took it from him and drilled a double C right in his face, like four feet away. <laughs> and he was like, I don't think it matters, I handed it back. <laughs> you know, so those guys can perfect, you know, make anything sound great. True, yeah. but he does endorse shulky trumpets. Yes, he does. Yep. So he
2: choose he has a choice of what he wants to play and he chooses that and he sounds like a million bucks on it. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah. All right, so let's get to, let's get to, you're going to, you have a process for piccolo trumpet, which you can actually, we could put on the website. Totally. Right? Um, You have a process for picking flugelhorn.
2: Oh, yeah. Well, the flugelhorn is much like the B-flat trumpet, Um, although I I do want to check. And no offense to you personally, Bill. I want to check the pedal tones because they exist naturally <laughs> on the fluid. Uh,
0: I don't understand. <laughs> what do you mean naturally? So,
1: <laughs> and what's Bill supposed to do? He's got to take Joey to try it out.
0: <laughs> so would you check them with one lip or two? <laughs> <laughs> Just
2: remember, if you're pulling your chops out <laughs> to reset for pedals, you are cheating, and that doesn't oh, count. Well,
0: then what are pedal tones? I don't understand. <laughs>
2: <laughs> but yeah, I, I mean, you want to hear. You want to hear that ease and beauty and sound that is a flugel sound and is not a trumpet sound right Mm -hmm. which is why again you need a good pair of ears with you that you trust that uh, uh, that are in front of the bell because you will be behind it
0: yeah yeah i will just picking a flugel horn i think how many times people go oh there's a cheap flu i need a flugel this is 300 dollars on ebay (laughs) right right yeah i'll just take that
2: and there are some there's some really inexpensive horns out there that if you think of flugel as a double, that is, well, I may need it on this gig I'm on and I don't really care because I'm never really going to practice it, might be perfectly functional for you. Right. But if you're really picking an instrument of, listen, I want all of my instruments to be of the highest quality and I want to treat them all equally and you know, take them all seriously to make them all sound great. Play the ball then you every sh- day. And, and play them all every day mm-hmm. as we've covered many times here. <laughs> then you should do that with your flugel. Here's, do you remember this when we did... Uh, well this was at at jc's place the your doc was supposed to come out and then he he couldn't make it out right Mm -hmm. so we're gonna we're gonna do some stuff and this is where this is where scott went over went over to fred's booth uh this fred powell and he's playing on this flugel and i looked and i went this this might be trouble for you because i was (laughs) on the other side of the bell and i'm just (laughs) listening to him and listen you know scott sounds great at everything i'm like dude he's like i gotta go call lisa (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> i need to know, you know that but, but here's the Was thing like, i didn't need but to know he, that he, he started playing i'm like dude I, I think i'm pretty sure that's your flugel <laughs> like it just he he picked up the horn and started playing and they were one Yeah. You know, and Mm -hmm. he did end up playing it on that concert. (laughs) We had we had streamed it at two funny things. I think Elisa texted him. Your new flugel sounds great. And my mother, (laughs) we were playing back and forth, texted me. Wow. Scott sounds great. (laughs) That's (laughs) right. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But nothing about you. Nothing (laughs) about you. (laughs) No. Tell Scott he sounds great. I showed him Mm -hmm. which he did. But uh, but that was a great concert. (laughs)
0: Fred yeah. makes a killer flugelhorn. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean Fred makes
2: great stuff, and those flugels are uh, uh, just amazing.
0: That's one way to make sure you're getting the right flugelhorn uh, if you're shopping for one is just get it from Fred.
2: <laughs> Call Fred Powell. He's good. Yeah. And he makes great flugelhorns. Yeah. Absolutely right.
0: But now, uh, I'm sure everyone's – this is what they're really waiting for, buying a cornet.
2: Okay, Brian, stop talking. Go
0: <laughs> We're going to tell you, Brian, how to do this. You wanna... I think with a cornet, I think the first thing is you got to have the right mouthpiece because if not – it's just gonna sound like a chubby trumpet. It's gonna
1: sound like a yeah, it's gonna sound like a crappy trumpet. Yeah, you you do need to have the right mouthpiece, and uh, we've we've covered covered that um, pretty extensively, I think. Um, but actually, Bill and Pete helped me pick my my current cornet after Tom picked it out and sent it up to Scotland for us.
0: <laughs> he picked it up there. <laughs> we, he narrowed yeah. it down.
1: He narrowed yeah. it down to well, I think three or something, three I think or there four were, or something yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah. and. Uh, and and we it was pretty easy for us to pick, pick the one, and I although just brought it back.
2: But I again, you got to be looking for a true cornet sound, right. not a trumpet sound, and that's, that's important. Right. Like you're saying, with the mouthpiece choice.
1: So go so Bell. You were gonna. Say I
2: something. was just
0: gonna say. Although at first I did not like it as much as your older cornet. It took me a minute to get used to the new one.
1: Yeah, I yeah. I I don't, Remember I don't remember what you, that was about.
0: You brought it into the section and I was like, mm, "I don't I'm not <laughs> sure about that." Yeah, you weren't yeah, on fine. that side of it. And, and the I new record, cool. the new record's coming out here very soon from Mark and it's got you and I playing our cornets on right. it. Okay. And, right. And uh, apples and lasagna. Apples and lasagna. <laughs> exactly right. Great cornet story. Right. <laughs> Brian plays his new Besson, right? And I play my my new Shire's cornet. We Joey. ask Joey what what do you what do you it's, like best? And it's best. one of the few times when we've seen Joey ask Joey a question, ask for his opinion, and he just sat there staring at us. <laughs> he didn't say anything for a second, and he goes, "All right, you've heard of apples and lasagna, or apples <laughs> apples and apples and oranges, or apples and apples." He goes, "This is apples and lasagna."
2: <laughs> yeah. I mean, it wasn't it wasn't comparing fruits. They're too similar. Right. Like, I, I like apples. I like lasagna, but they're not the same thing. They're it was amazing how different they were. They but were both really sounded different. great.
0: Both cornets, you know, both would be flat. And you but, guys are yeah. sitting
2: right next to each other in my office. Right. Yeah. That's very we were funny. just as stunned as anyone else. He but, said, I, uh,
1: I don't know what just happened. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you guys are pranking me, right? Yeah. <laughs> But right, you um, can hear, hear you guys. But
2: So let's get to this then, right? So right. you're out shopping. You're doing all these kinds of things. Mm-hmm. So how do you know when it's time to pull the trigger?
0: Because when you play the first note on that horn, you go, oh, I did not need to know that. <laughs> That's there right. it is. There Usually it is. Joey's <laughs> there, too, <laughs> saying, saying Egg, yeah, you should do egging that. Egging you on. You should totally do that.
2: You need that. Yeah, yeah. I will tell you, uh, uh, when uh, uh, the, the trumpet, b and trumpet, B-flat trumpet I play right now, I tried a bunch of these along the way. They'd come out here and... and hey, try out our horns and tell us what you think. And I'm like, well, that's this, that's this. And I actually took, I remember it was a, one of the early B&S ones I tried. I had a, an old Bach with me, and it was the. It was right when the Yamaha, the L.A. model had come out, and we had a store across the street. So I had three horns with me, and I was playing All Shook Up the musical, which, by the way, is a terrible musical. <laughs> that's based on the musical Elvis <laughs> Presley, but it's so much fun to play because you're playing all this like horn section rock and roll stuff. So... Uh, Lenny Foy texts, hey, I'm in the house tonight. I said, great, I'm trying horns. <laughs> <'Cause, you> know, <laughs> so you know, why not? So I played the overture, and he's like, yeah. And I, and I switched, and he's like, what happened? <laughs> I'm like, okay, put that down. What happened? Boom, boom. So I was like, yeah, yeah it's not, this isn't it. These aren't it, This aren't it, right? So I got the horn I'm playing now, and I'm in my office going, huh. And I pulled, I pulled John Rommel in here and said, let me play some back-to-back stuff. Pull that cord in here, play some back back They're like, hmm, I think you may have something. And I had a big band gig at the Jazz Kitchen. So I brought both up the horn I'd been playing in this the new BNS right there. About the third chart, I just changed. I didn't tell anybody. Lead drummer player turns around and said, What just happened? <laughs> and I said, What do you mean? He goes, It's like a light went on. I'm like, Oh, now we're getting somewhere." wet. Yeah, <laughs> <sure. laughs> because I started playing <laughs> and it, was like, um, yeah, this is very good. And that was it. I was done. You know, after that night, like playing it live, you know, and getting the feedback from people I play with on a regular basis. Sure. Okay. Boom, done. Right. Yeah, you, you, you start playing and going, oh, wow, this is just better. That's when it's yeah. worth pulling the trigger.
1: Sure, and having people on the other end of the bell reacting to it is really important. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I want to throw a couple other things in here. Um, well, I mean, I'd hope that we would get to how to pick the best bass trumpet. We didn't make it to that. <laughs> I mean.
2: Let's get into it.
0: <laughs> looks, it's its own whole episode. Because it's its own. That is its own episode. Because. You played the Getson that you were playing, right? Before yes. that it was great, and we have one of those here. It yeah. Was practically the same horn, but the Bach, the New York Bach, Mount <laughs> Vernon bass trumpet that you played at ITG was that was a different ball game.
2: Yeah, I need that horn. Because he would I'm sell st- his kid if he buy that. Well, I, Only
0: one of them. You somehow <laughs> playing that made Brian sound better. I'm not sure how that happened, but
2: <laughs> I took some of the edge off. <laughs> you took a little bit. Of the,
0: <laughs> or maybe you were just loud enough to balance him on that there horn. That's <laughs> right. That's what it was. <laughs> um, and then I think it's important too that we cover how to pick a plastic trumpet, because you know you you don't want to just rush into that like no. we did. Yeah, you want to take some time, and that's now all about my, color.
2: Now my plastic trumpet is absolutely pontificating pink.
0: <laughs> that is pontificating pink, and <laughs> so it works
1: totally.
0: Works. Here's where no, mine I, made, is, I made a little uh, thing
2: because Terry Warburton's like. Uh, he originally said he was going to have the first time he was making us all try these. The ITG had like a blue a one. T- I said, Tiger trumpet. So yeah. I said, yeah. so what colors? He's like, I think we're gonna do like red, green, blue, and purple. I'm like, come on, <laughs> come on, man. He's like, seriously, pink? I'm like, yeah, you gotta do pink. He says, you're gonna get a pink one. I said, I'll buy the first pink one. So he's like oh, I mean, we'll check it out. We'll check it out. Okay, we can. I think we can do pink, right? So I call when they s- uh, start o- offering them, <laughs> and I'm like, I'm ready. So he says, All oh, right, you got to make me a video. So I put a YouTube video, uh, there's a YouTube video, but mm-hmm. it's still up. You can watch me demonstrate the, uh, it's like a short one minute ad of what you can do with your Tiger trumpet. Right. <laughs> yeah. Check it out.
0: Yeah. I, I remember playing that ITG conference standing next to you. We did the Tigers, <laughs> Tigers of San Pedro. Yeah. Scott's interesting. It's awesome. And Joey's <laughs> blazing double Gs standing next to me. I thought <laughs> the thing was just going to like. And the lead pipe shatter. was bending. But,
2: well, I, the the funny part was Vince was standing right next to me, and he looks over, and I had the the plastic Giggling. mouthpiece that comes with it, <laughs> right? Because you can use your own mouthpiece, and he's like, yeah. "What you're." Using the plastic mouthpiece, I'm like, well, yeah, I think it's funnier this way. (laughs) 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 Drilling double Gs. Drilling double Gs.
0: I thought the plastic was just going to (laughs) shatter.
2: No, those horns hold together pretty good up there. I did.
0: But, okay, so some serious other considerations here. You know, we all have relationships with certain builders and designers. And that, I mean, that's a luxury that we enjoy, you know. Um, totally. As, as pros, we have that, and it's an amazing thing. So, we, as a s in a sense, we have a relationship with the brand, you know, and that's, that's an important thing. Absolutely. You know, uh, that is, that has afforded us the opportunity to play the horns that we play. Um, I did want to talk a little bit about buying used horns, I think is great. That's, yes. that's completely viable. Um, but buying vintage horns, which is really cool for a collection, might not be a great idea if it's going to be your main axe to do right. your degree. Correct. Right, it's it's cool to have an old constellation or a Martin or something like that, but you might not get through your juries on it.
2: You, m- yeah, there are horns that you might not offer you the versatility of what you want to be doing all the way through college. Exactly. Right.
0: Yeah. But yet they're cool to have an N plus one. I mean, buy yeah, it. I've got hard. an old
2: recording in this office that I know Bill is coveting right now. <laughs>
0: yes, you do. We're
1: gonna work something out on that. <laughs> Joey, do you know how many horns you actually have?
2: I could count them up, but no, no I mean not all, I don't have I I don't have an inventory list. Step
0: one is to
1: solve for
2: N. I, mean, I think we're all <laughs>
0: right, solve I think we're all in double digits, aren't we?
2: Well yeah, I play nine every morning. Those are just the ones on the right. stands.
0: <laughs> yeah, I just, Brian's uh, counting. Don't hurt I yourself. Don't,
1: I don't think I'm over ten.
2: I'm Come over
0: 10. On. I don't think I'm over Everybody's ten. Everybody's over ten. No, Come don't, on. Don't no.
2: You gotta be. How many B flats do you own? Yeah, I mean I think that, I, I,
1: just two? No, no, I have three. Three B B-flats. How many cornets? Well, if you do you count the one that the, that I bought for Kate.
2: Yes. Yeah. Yeah. How many cornets do you have?
1: Um, two. <laughs> so we're already at five. Only two. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I got. F- I have four uh, B maybe flats. I'm close
1: to. I'm close to ten. Close. Yeah, to you,
0: you got to be double digits. Yeah. Yeah. I've got a trombonium. You have five B flats. How do
1: you have five B flats? I have
0: four B flats.
1: Four. How do you have four B flats? I I have more
0: than. Didn't get rid of. He has more than that. (laughs) I don't like selling horns. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I just have horns that I bought over the years, and I just didn't. I don't like selling them either. I've sold a couple horns and regretted it. Wow. Yeah. If I could find that sixty dollar Olds Ambassador my parents bought for me (laughs) to start (laughs) on, I'd buy that back tomorrow. (laughs) Nice. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Um. I will say this, too. I know p- cost, you know, price is always a thing. Yeah. But don't rule out um, something like doing something great for yourself, like going somewhere and having it built. Like the luxury of walking into Peter's shop. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know what I mean? And going through that process and having something like a Blackburn built for yourself. Mm-hmm. Amazing. I mean, I did that. I did that with my Shire C. Brian, you were there. Yep, I was there. Um, uh, you don't... Folks like, like Peter, for example, are they're gonna take you through a process that's it's truly luxurious luxurious, you know. I think you to need to, to I think you do
1: need to be in a place where you're playing very consistently. Like I would not want to try a horn right now, even though I'm feeling like I'm playing better than I ever have. I really have no idea what pitch is coming out or where the center on the center on any given note is. It feels very strange to, to play. Um, it works, but but I would be very reticent to pick a horn for a student right,
2: right. now.
0: Right. Right.
2: Got to be, be in a place
0: of consistency. Absolutely yeah. right. Brian, when you say it works, you mean it's loud enough. But it's loud enough. You just don't enough. know where it's going to go.
1: Yeah. It's, there, are, there are some things that are actually a lot better. <laughs> um, there, <laughs> so there you're are saying notes.
0: practice works.
1: Yeah. <laughs> That's crazy. Well, <laughs> Pete's wife said I should have another accident and see if I get even better. <laughs> wow. <laughs>
3: <laughs>
2: I like it. Carla's going to start mowing you down every, once a yeah, year on the highway. Right. <laughs> hey, let's do Brian a favor and go look for him. He says he's you know, going so, out for a ride today. Honey, get in the car.
3: <laughs>
0: uh, all, you know, all the specifics of this remind me of this funny story that I've heard from several different places uh, about some percussionists. They were on a college trip and they were in one of the New York City stores. Right. They were on tour. College tour and they went in to buy some sticks and look around and just buy stuff and one of the guys one of the undergrads was there at the counter and he was buying a pair of sticks and he's you know tapping this one tapping that one and rolling them to make sure they're even and make sure that they're balanced and all this other stuff and he doesn't realize that this guy walks in and stands behind him but all his friends realize that this guy walks in and stands there and it's buddy rich (laughs) now this kid at the counter doesn't realize that he's even there right and he Goes, continues on with his process to find this pair of sticks and buddy finally says hey kid what are you doing <laughs> And he turns around and realizes it's him you know what's going on he's like oh man oh, I'm, I'm buying, a, buying a pair of drumsticks I'm just testing them out he goes kid let me show you how to buy drumsticks Jimmy give me a hundred pair of drumsticks <laughs> 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 if it were only that easy yeah, totally. <laughs> <I wish. laughs> with trumpets right <laughs> Only that easy. All right, boys, time for No Offense. So I was going to get specific with this, but Joey foreshadowed it, right, before when he was talking about great artist trumpets. Trumpets ah, with somebody's name on it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, look, now you're armed with yet another set of helpful rules from us here at The Open Bell. So there's a lot of good ways to go about finding the right trumpet. But if you're buying a horn on a whim or without a process or just because someone's name is on it, you're doing it wrong. Because now you know the difference.
2: Yes, and to be clear, there are lots of horns with people's names on them that are great horns. Yep. Spectacular. But that's not a reason to buy them.
0: Might not be great for you. Might
2: not be. I have certainly... I think I can tell the story and I think we're on fair, safe ground. Um, there was a, uh, when I was in college, Doc Severinsen, I walked past a practice room and one of my friends is in the practice room with Doc Severinsen. It's like 10 in the morning. So he <laughs> waves me in and I walk in. And he's like, hey, trumpet player? Yeah, you got a mouthpiece? Yeah, here, try this. <laughs> and wow. he hands me, this is a time where he was doing one of the horns he was making back at that time. This is in the 80s. And uh, he says, so what are you playing on now? And i show them when I was playing on that. I was playing a Bach B flat trumpet and I was very happy with and played very well. Oh, you got to try this. So I play Doc Severinsen's trumpet and I'm thinking, I'm going ta, that's what I think I'm doing and what mm-hmm. comes out is wee! <laughs> and all I could think is well, I, this is not the horn for me. But <laughs> right. then Doc is in a practice room with two other people and he starts playing his horn. I'm like, I pretty sure that's the right horn for him <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know so just yes. you know i wasn't going to buy that horn you know if, if somebody said hey hey this is like this is the horn docs everton plays you should try this and i'm trying it sure buying it just because of that i don't think so
0: right yeah he wants it to work a very specific way yeah i've heard some and docs i've heard him speak about that in Pretty specific terms. I've heard some other people describe it too, like they want the horn to be fast on the front side and slow on the back side at the bell, <laughs> right? Or they want like they want all the resistance up front and then they want it free after the valves. Like there's just the way to think about it, you know? Right. Yeah. <laughs> Different ways to consider that. But or I would just imagine a horn designed by Bach for Brian that was just designed to generate decibels.
2: Yeah. No matter what you do. It starts at double forte. It's the (laughs) flamethrower model.
0: (laughs) Normal person picks it up. (laughs) Nothing comes out.
2: You just walk up, you touch it, and it's just... just It just goes goes off. Just heat.
0: (laughs) Plain heat. Oh my goodness. Well, listen, that should about do it for today. And hopefully we've given you some helpful information, Uh, but we have come to the end of yet another episode. Thanks for joining us on the open bell. Stay tuned, tell your friends and students and happy horn shopping. So long for now. Remember to keep an open mind, but more importantly, an open bell.